Your body is unique. So why would you settle for a weight loss plan that's one size fits all? Noom is the weight management program that takes into account your biology to build a custom plan just for you. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. What did you know about America before you came here? It was around the time that Titanic was, um, was really big. So we had one theater in Laos, and there was just like posters everywhere about Titanic. So I knew that. I knew, I knew a little bit about America through posters of Titanic. But we also had this um, poster at the house of the Golden Gate Bridge. And we also have a, uh, a, a plastic tabletop in the house that had this um, graphic on the table. It's a plastic printed table. And it was the, um, the, the, the skyscape of the Statue of Liberty in New York. Um, it was a very romantic, um, I think, perception of America. My name's Van Nolinta. Let, let me introduce my full name. <laughs> my name's Vansana Nolinta. In 1998, when he was 12 years old, Van Nolintha got on an airplane headed for the United States. I was born in a tiny little town by the Mekong River called Luang Prabang in Laos. I would bike in my tiny little bicycle to school and usually um, through this tiny little path um, along the rice farms and waterfalls and things like that. And, and I would be in school all day. Um, and then you know, we would get home in the evening and, and, and share a big meal again. Um, Mom and dad loved hosting. We were so poor. But for some reason, there was always travelers and visitors. I don't know where they came from, but someone's somewhere from somewhere always visiting the house. So it was a very dynamic, um, colorful, romantic past that I had those first 12 years of my life in Laos. His father, Umpan Nolintha, had grown up in a town in the north of Laos, on the border with China. His mother, Ampan, had grown up in a village close to Luang Prabang, a village that was one of the most heavily bombed areas during the Vietnam War. When did you first hear that there was talk that you might be sent to the United States? Mom and dad had this idea of, of, of wanting us to be educated abroad. Um, and even knowing English alone can mean um, financially, uh, to become financially stable. It wasn't just about learning English or getting an American diploma. Van says his parents wanted what a lot of parents want, to give their kid more than they had, and to see the world outside of Long Prabang. When you arrived, I mean, you know, you weren't going to be living in New York looking at the Statue of Liberty <laughs> or seeing the Golden Gate You're You're going to Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, what was that like? So you arrive in America, there's no <laughs> Titanic, and there's no bridges in Greensboro. What, what, what was it like? What was Greensboro like then? Greensboro was, um, was definitely a big shock. There was no 
ceremonies every day. Um, it was definitely a big shock. His parents chose Greensboro because they had close friends there, a couple who had come as refugees. The couple had four children, and they were happy to have Van come. Van's mother and father brought him. They had a layover in Pittsburgh, and so the first real American experience that Van had was a Pittsburgh airport gift shop. He says he remembers thinking, we made it. His parents stayed long enough to get him set up at school, and then they had to return to Laos. And I was sitting on the steps while all the folks were um, playing basketball. I was sitting on the steps leading up to the school and remember looking up to the sky, and it was uh, in the evening or afternoon, and, 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 and the plane was going across the sky, and the plane made this beautiful, long line um, on the sky, and the sky was purple. And I was just imagining mom and dad leaving and, 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 and wonder when I would be on that plane again to go home. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love. Did you speak English? I did not. I did not speak any English. I knew my alphabets. Um, I was, I found a lot of love and comfort in my English as a second language class. Miss Roberta Hoyle uh, was her name. We have kids from Ghana and from Vietnam and from Cambodia, all over Central America. And none of us uh, spoke English, but we all became um, brothers and sister in that tiny basement um, ESL class. I, I think that seventh grade sounds like just about the worst time you could possibly have been dropped into a, <laughs> a new environment or a, a new school. I didn't make um, many meaningful um, friendships until perhaps uh, much later in high school when I think I became more comfortable with myself, I think there was so much um, self-hate involved in arriving at that age and your own evolutions of your own being, but also what it's like to look different and speak different um, in that context. So I think middle school came along with that um, challenge of what it's like to be different in America. In his free time, he helped in the restaurant that the family that he lived with owned. One year later, in 1999, his mother was able to bring his younger sister, Van Visa, to join him in Greensboro. Van Visa was 11. I remember life completely changed when she arrived. Uh, all of a sudden, I wasn't just um, navigating the world by myself, being lonely. I remember we would um, go to school and we ride the bus and we would be separated and have our own classes and all of that. And I would always get to the bus before her and looking into the crowd of students, you know, my heart beat so fast, just imagining that what if she was lost or what if she never arrived at the bus because I was, I was all that she had and she was all that I had and taking care of her became became my purpose
purpose, my life purpose, even at the age of 13. Because Van and Van Visa's parents had been to the United States twice in two years, they knew it might be very difficult for them to come back. The visa process for travel from Laos to the United States is complicated and expensive. You have to get approval, and there's a quota on how many visas are approved each year. Van says that gradually the reality sunk in that it might be years until the family was together again. It was so hard for my sister and I, and I can't imagine, I cannot imagine how much harder it was for my parents to miss birthdays and to to not being able to hug and, and kiss and, and just knowing that things were going to be okay. Um, I can't imagine how much harder it was for them. How, what contact did you have with them over the, were there phone calls, were there letters? Uh, how were you? Phone calls were extremely expensive at that time. I remember going to an Asian grocery store and it would cost $20, which is a lot of money. Um, at that time, but also I was 13, um, working at a restaurant. Um, but a phone card would cost $20, and it would be for 20 minutes. So it was a dollar a minute, this precious. So I had to really plan the year out. When do we want to call? What are important things to talk about to use those minutes well? Um, and our supporting, well, our main mode of communication uh, were letters. Um, we wrote each other letters. I remember sitting home, um, and this is probably illegal to do, but I, I, I sent home um, colorful leaves, you know, just to show mom and dad this new place and this new world and trying really hard to express um, to them that I was okay, even when I wasn't. I, I needed them. I needed to know that they knew or at least convinced that Van Visa and I were okay. He sent them pictures of he and his sister at the mall. He asked his teachers to make photocopies of his report cards, and he would use a highlighter to make sure his parents saw the parts he wanted them to. On one, he highlighted where his teacher had written, Outstanding. Van says this became the norm. He and his sister constantly trying to reassure their parents that the decision that they'd made was the right one. And what he realized many years later is that his parents were doing the exact same thing 8,000 miles away. So we would do so many things to like show our parents that we were living this really wonderful, colorful, dynamic lives. And that went on for many, many years. Van made food for his sister, dishes from Laos that he remembered his parents making for them. He didn't want her to forget. He was always in the kitchen in Greensboro. I became, at a very young age, the person that made dishes because everyone in the house wanted me to cook, wanted me to cook. And I knew that if my sister was to grow up and become someone that still has an intimate, meaningful relationship with my mother and to Laos, I needed to cook for her. And I needed to make sure that her memories was preserved through food. Um, yeah, 
And you were doing that in high school. Oh my God, middle school even. (laughs) By the time they got to high school, Van says he and Van Visa were happiest together. We would drive around Greensboro, starting from 7 to 8, and listen to Delilah. Uh, 99.5 in Greensboro. And we would just drive for an hour, listening to love songs and people calling in to, um, to request uh, for their loved ones. And we, we don't even talk. We don't talk, but we just listen and sing along to the sappy love songs. And we still do. We absolutely love this, you know. It's, oh my God, every time when the rose comes on, um, Onora Jones come away with me. Yeah, that was definitely not conformity in high school. (laughs) Was there a time in high school when you realized that your sister, I I don't know if this is true, that the two of you were speaking English to each other and listening to American music and that you were kind of acting like American teenagers? Oh my God, absolutely. Our friends would ask, you know, say something Laotian. And I would pretend like I didn't know, know Laotian. Support for This Is Love comes from Indeed. Sometimes a new person joining your team at work can make a good team into a great one. But finding the right person can be a challenge. Indeed helps you find that perfect match when you're looking to hire. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences for job candidates and becomes more accurate over time. So the more you use it, the better it gets. Indeed will also help you with some of the busy work of hiring too, like scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates. According to a survey by Indeed, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Listeners of This Is Love will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash This Is Love. Just go to Indeed.com slash This Is Love right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash This Is Love. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Most weight loss programs focus on restriction and inflexible routine, which is why most diets fail. But Noom isn't a diet. It's a weight management program that uses psychology and biology to help you develop healthy, sustainable habits. Noom believes that weight loss starts with the brain, and their daily lessons are tailored to help users understand the science behind food cravings and eating choices. Whether you want to lose weight, increase physical activity, meet a health goal, or simply change the way you think about food, Noom can help you build healthy habits while still enjoying your favorite foods. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com and check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Six years after Van arrived in America, he and Van Visa were granted American citizenship. This allowed them to finally travel back to Laos to visit their parents. My parents were not the same people that I left. Um, And that trip, seeing them for the first time and, 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 and feeling the permanent damage that our time away from each other 
and the depression that comes along with not knowing whether you will see each other again have done on their identity, their physical selves, but also their ability to express love. Um, I think we both, you know, while I was protecting my parents from hearing my suffering over the phone, they too were protecting my sister and I from witnessing their suffering. This was the hardest part, Van says, seeing how his parents had tried to put on that brave face for them, just as he and Van Visa had been doing themselves, and knowing that he and his sister would be leaving them again. And they did leave. They did exactly what their parents had wanted them to. Both Van and Van Visa went to college. Van went to graduate school. They were happy. And then, years later, Van returned to Laos. It was the middle of the recession, and no one was hiring. He says he applied to 300 jobs and didn't get a single bite. And so he went home. He didn't know what else to do. I remember waking up one morning really early, and Mom decided to cook for us big meal. Dad was also making rice. And I saw Dad this one thing every morning when it was that reminded me of the things he did before I left was that he, he poured two cups of milk and he warmed up one cup and gave it to my grandmother and the cold one to my mother while she was cooking. And that moment brought back so many memories and emotions about what it's like to be loved by my parents. While they finished cooking breakfast, he went for a run. It was like the air felt different and the Mekong River that I was running along felt different and the greens in the green trees were greener and I felt something so different about returning to see my parents. Van decided in that moment, running along the Mekong River, that he knew exactly what he needed to do. He would open a restaurant, a Laotian restaurant in America, with his sister. And he knew exactly what they should call it, Bidamanda. And what, what does Bidamanda mean? Bidamanda are Sanskrit terms for father and mother. And we just knew that that two words were going to be the tenets of our life going forward. Van says the first thing that he and his sister did was to go to Barnes & Noble and buy starting and running a restaurant for dummies. They talked through each chapter. He was 25 and she was 23. They decided to open their restaurant about an hour from Greensboro in downtown Raleigh. And we were so optimistic and hopeful that we couldn't resist not doing it. There was no choice. Did you think you had worked in restaurants, mm-hmm. so you had seen how Americans eat yes. Asian food, but did you think that you had to make things that Americans in North Carolina would be into? You couldn't go full Laotian? Yeah, in the beginning, yes. And it was all fusion. It was all um, food that we felt like um, Americans would like to eat. 
but I think the reason why we have so little, um, very limited amount of Laotian restaurants in the country is because of that insecurity that comes from leaving Laos and having yet fully processed what it's like to be Laotian in America and hiding behind a Thai menu or a Thai restaurant or Chinese or whatever the cuisine almost became a defense mechanism that we didn't have to tell our truth, that we didn't have to tell our story about why we left Laos in the first place and we didn't have to explain what it was like to, to grow up in a war zone place and having to leave. The restaurant, Bidamanda, was a success. People started calling it the best restaurant in North Carolina. It was written up in the New York Times and Travel and Leisure. Not only were the recipes Laotian, but the whole restaurant became an homage to their mother and father. Immediately, when you walk in the front door, there's a portrait of his mother and father. It's the first thing you see. It's large, almost four feet tall, his parents on their wedding day. A black and white image of the two of them standing right next to each other. And then, 18 years after Van and his sister had come to America, their parents were finally approved to visit. Van doesn't know why this application was approved when so many others had been rejected for years and years, but thinks it might have been because now that he and his sister were business owners, they could sponsor their parents' visit. What was it like preparing when you heard they could come? Um, what did you do? Oh, my God. There was so much anxiety, right? Um, you know, would they be proud? Would they approve of the recipes? And would they approve the people that we have become? And I was 30 years old, but even then, I was still 12 on their eyes. They prepared for months, trying to make everything exactly right. And finally, the day arrived. Oh my God, that was such a crazy day. Um, They arrived, I think, around 6.30 to RDU. And so many of our friends wanted to pick them up at the airport. So we had maybe 30 of us at RDU with bouquets of flowers because mom and dad love flowers and they knew that. So we picked them up in RDU. It became this massive emotional production at the airport. And I said, why don't we go home and shower and uh, I'm preparing a small meal at home. We can get connected, and tomorrow when you're well-rested, we can go to the restaurant. And they say, no, 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 no. They didn't even want to take a shower. This is after 32 hours of traveling. And we went directly to the, to the restaurant. And they walked in, and they saw their portraits hung at the entrance to the restaurant. And they cry, and we hug, and our whole staff there was just this silence. This is, I think it was Saturday night, completely full restaurant, maybe 7.30. They walked in, they saw their portraits, and there was silence, just silence. 
and the whole restaurant, including our guests, must have you know our staff must have told them just start clapping, and we just sat down and and share a meal. Did your mother try to get in the kitchen? Oh yes. <laughs> Um, she wanted to get to the kitchen. She, that was the first thing she did, and she went and thanked our cooks, who clearly did not speak Laotian. Um, but she also wanted to pray, so she she kneeled down on the floor and pray in the kitchen um, to express gratitude to that to that space that has care for my sister and I. Van and his sister Van Visa still live together in a home not far from Bidamanda. He says it makes his parents happy to know that they're safe and together. They still work at the restaurant every day, side by side, oftentimes welcoming guests through the front door, standing in front of the portrait of their parents. And now they have a second restaurant, Brewery Bavana. It was just nominated for a James Beard Award, and a few months ago, Bon Appetit called it one of the best restaurants in America. This is Love is produced by Lauren Spore, Nadia Wilson, and me. You haven't been to our kitchen before. No. Audio mix by Rob Byers. Matilde Urfelino is our intern. So we are making a papaya salad, which is one of my and my, and my sister's favorite dishes. Julian Alexander makes original illustrations for each of our stories. You can see them at thisislovepodcast.com. It's a physical dish. Yes, it's, it's extremely... Um, Please subscribe in Apple Podcasts, and if you have a minute, leave us a review. It helps others find the show. We'll be back with a new episode next Wednesday. Here's a preview. It went very smoothly. I remember the judge asking Nino if he knew what he was getting into or accepting. And he said, do you realize that you're going to be responsible for this person, you know, forever? And I said, yes. And he said, are you willing to do that? And I said, absolutely. Go subscribe and find out more about the show at thisislovepodcast.com. This Is Love is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. We're a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX, a collection of the best podcasts around. Special thanks to AdZerk for providing their ad-serving platform to Radiotopia. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love. Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running, and that's not the case. Most runners hate running, (laughs) but they choose to do it. In the new docuseries Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. 
You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon taking place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.